welcome to Dental Appointment, a podcast by two dental students aiming to give you an insight into the world of dentistry. We will be discussing all things dental related, from dental applications to life as a dental student. We will also provide you with an insight into our own experiences, as well as talking to other members of the profession about a range of different topics to get their views and learn about the different opportunities after dental school. My name is Ryan. And I'm Becky. And this is Dental Appointment. Welcome back. As part of the Dental Team series, we are joined today by Amber Ojak, a multi-award winning dental therapist working in Edinburgh. Amber has lots of experience and achievements in the dental profession, which we'll be discussing throughout this episode. Hi, Amber. Thanks for joining us today. Hello. Thank you for having me. So I think, first of all, Amber, how are you? How are you finding the current lockdown? <laughs> um current lockdown is better than first lockdown because we can actually work um Mm -hmm. to be honest if it wasn't for work I think mentally I think a lot of us would be suffering a lot more um because it's just having conversations with other people and I say this to my patients that I'm just so glad to be able to get out the house and speak to someone else just other than my partner and are you liking being in Edinburgh at this time I am. Um, I haven't actually managed to get home because originally I'm from Yorkshire um, since last June. Um, so that's been quite a while. I haven't seen my family, but um, Edinburgh's stunning. And I've been here nearly kind of seven years now. Um, and there's nowhere else that I would rather be. And it's meant that I've got lots of new walking routes that I can explore. And it's it's been nice to actually just kind of adventure around the city a little bit more with all this time that we've had. Lovely. So did you move up to Edinburgh for university? Is that why you came up here? Yeah. So um, I moved up, I think it was 2014 um, for the course. And I never really looked back, to be honest. I never really got homesick because Edinburgh, it's it's quite a strange capital city. And it's not very like industrial, like London and other places. It's very kind of small and I like how you still have the parks just on your front doorstep and you've got beaches like just down the road. And that's why I don't think I ever wanted to move kind of back home just because it has become my home. And I I love it. I love Scotland. I'm from Edinburgh myself, Amber, and a wee bit biased, but I (laughs) totally agree with what you're saying. It's a great city. Yeah, it's just beautiful. And you've got everything on your front doorstep. And everything that goes on like the fringe obviously not recently but pre-covid times just the hustle and bustle it's just great it's a great place to be so I suppose um the main question of this actual episode is to sort of explain what a dental hygienist is and what a dental therapist is so could you maybe give us like a little rundown of each so dental hygienists um have a range of skills Mostly it's kind of um, periodontal exams and charting. Um, we can treatment plan with venoscopy practice, prescribe radiographs. Um, we can do kind of root surface debridement and non-surgical like periodontal therapy, apply topical treatments, um, do kind of local infiltrations and IDD blocks. Um, the list is kind of endless. Um, and then the same kind of applies to dental therapists. Um, but the difference with dental therapists is uh, we do kind of adult restorations, kind of composite and amalgam. 
Uh, we can do children's restorations, carry out pulp treatments on kids, kind of extract primary teeth as well on children. Um, so we have a lot more of a kind of restorative role. Um, and then both of us can really go on to do things like teeth whitening and facial aesthetics um, and other kind of courses like that, really. So, yeah, the roles are endless. There's a lot being touched on at the moment about how dental therapy might be fully utilised finally because of things like COVID causing backlogs in treatment um, and also Brexit. I've been writing a bit about the impact Brexit's going to have on dentistry recently and how dental therapy specifically might help all kind of the problems which might crop up um, for dentists. Yeah, so I think that's something that a lot of people struggle to get their head around is the difference between the two. But like you said there, they are very similar. Dental therapists can take on slightly more responsibilities and more tasks. Yeah, exactly. And I think in hindsight, like I said, with all the backlog and all the press you have at the moment and people missing out on dental treatment, that's where therapists, I think, will really come in and play the part and hopefully people will realise that the solution is kind of staring them in the face um, in how we can help people access treatment a lot more quickly um, and a lot more thoroughly as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it is something that should sort of be utilised more, I think, um, personally. So um, what sort of made you want to become a dental therapist? So for me, um, I shadowed a dental therapist for kind of three summers in a row um, in Yorkshire. And I didn't even know the position of a dental therapist existed until I went there. And I shadowed, um, she's called Becky, for <laughs> two weeks, um, every kind of the years I did it. And I was just amazed at how much of a difference a dental therapist could make to people, especially with their smiles, doing restorative treatment, as well as like the perio kind of treatment, how it's one big treatment plan together. And I could see the confidence she was giving back to these patients. And I was like, I want to do that. I want to make a difference to people. Um, I think as well, I had a lot of orthodontic work done when I was younger. So that kind of sparked my interest in dentistry because I saw what kind of impact we can make as professionals and the oral health like educational part of that as well um so I think that's what made me want to really go into it and go down that kind of career path and that was it really yeah it's great that you managed to get work experience and it also highlights that you can get work experience shadowing like the the roles of the hygienist or dental therapist too and um, I don't think a lot of people are aware of that no, and I think even now, kind of with everything that's happened in the last year, I really feel for people trying to get work experience because I think it's really, really difficult mm -hmm. when you've got all these other protocols in practice to then have students being able to come in. Um, so I do, I do feel for people that can't get the experience because I think it's so vital before you apply for these roles that you actually get to see firsthand what goes on. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I think that's very important because you are going into a career, so you want to know exactly what you're going to get yourself in for. So being fully aware by doing work experience is a great way to prepare yourself to know what that profession is like and if it is right for you. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think 
not even just seeing how the professionals work just if you could manage like patient management and like you see it all and I think from that point you know if you can see yourself doing that or if not because I mean with this profession I think I'm fair enough saying you need a pretty strong stomach sometimes um and I think that's why actually having a look at what goes on can be a great indicator because I've known people to faint kind of when they've been on clinic first time mm-hmm. round and yeah you, you need to know what happens absolutely yeah I remember um some of my colleagues didn't expect to do like anatomy and things like that so you know when you're doing things and seeing those types of photos it's quite it is quite hard hitting I know and I know with my course um fees I don't know if anything's changed but we used to go to medical school and look at the cadavers mm-hmm. and um, that's not for everyone either <laughs> really um but it's it's a very interesting kind of course and experience if you pursue it so but like I said I think you just need to know what you're going into and that's why work experience so great yeah absolutely and speaking to those that are in the profession too is um yeah so important just as important like what you say, work experience is so important, but for those who maybe can't understandably gain that work experience just now, what is a normal day like in the life of a dental therapist? So it's very varied. Um, I would say that you start your day off, you have like a look at your book, and then you see kind of what's planned in. I always get in there like 40 odd minutes early just because it's habit for me, just because you never know what's going to crop up or if you need to sort anything out. Um, So I always get in early and I always go through every single treatment kind of planned for that day. And then mentally you kind of know what you need to do, time scales, how you can run over maybe, maybe you can't, you need to be very strict with time. Um, but I think that's a great one. Time management for this whole profession is key. Sometimes, obviously, it can't be helped, but I would say that's what helps me the most. Um, and with therapy, because of how broad our scope is, I've had days where sometimes it's majority kind of doing periodontal treatment and like oral health advice and hygiene work and then some restorative. Other days, I've had days where it's predominantly restorative Mostly in paediatrics, I find, since I've graduated, um, I've done a lot more therapy on kids. Um, So it's quite varied. And that's what I love about kind of therapy is that you have this kind of mix of all these different treatments and skills and it it mixes things up nicely for you. It's a nice profession to be in. And I think that applies to kind of all the roles within the dental profession is there's just so much going on and you you are constantly seeing different things all the time and challenging yourself um you mentioned there about time management and what other skills do you think make a good dental therapist i think one of the biggest ones is listening um and having empathy because (laughs) sometimes patients don't want to talk about teeth they they want someone just to listen to them and Mm -hmm. I've been a shoulder to cry on to patients I've like been someone they can just rant at and vent at and yeah that eats into treatment time but at the end of the day if you can't build relationships with your patients then you're not going to get anywhere really with them um I especially like treating kind of anxious patients because 
I feel like in my three years nearly of qualifying, you really learn that you have to take a step back sometimes and you have to be very adjustable, I think, as a clinician. I think that's one of the biggest skills because not every patient is the same, but you need to just take a step back and learn that you have to give them the time. And sometimes we don't have time. Time is on our side. But actually listening and finding out what people want to change or what is happening back home. Like at the moment, I'm working on my oral health approach. And that is all about getting back to basics and finding out what patients are going through themselves, which might cause them not to proceed with their oral health regimes and cause like worse problems down the road. Um, so I think those are very important skills um, and just being able to, like I said, talk, talk to patients as well, be 100% honest and that's all you can do and patients respect you a lot more for it. And at the end of the day, we're in a profession where if you need a second opinion or you want someone just to ask a question to, you can easily ask a dentist or get hold of someone else in the practice who can answer the question because you're not going to know everything, especially when you're recently qualified and you go straight into the world you you'd be very surprised what you don't know <laughs> yeah absolutely and I think that's such a nice thing about the profession everyone is sort of well the experience I've had anyway everybody is there to support each other just even for some reassurance second opinion just anything like that really yeah no I totally agree and I mean when I first qualified the biggest thing I used to ask um, my dental nurses was please like give me feedback I always used to ask for feedback about how I was doing with patients, if I was doing anything different from previous um, practitioners or if there's anything I needed to work on. And that really helps build you as a clinician as well, because then you're not like, oh, I, I know everything. You're kind of like, no, I, it's constantly going to be a learning process. I, I know this myself because I think when I graduated, I was a bit naive in that, oh, yeah. Like, I know everything there is to know, but you're not. And your whole working career, you will always learn new things. And I think that is one of the most important things that I've picked up along the way. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned that you moved up to Edinburgh and that's where you went to university. So what is the training that's involved in becoming a dental therapist? So I think still Edinburgh is the longest course. Um, It's four years. and I know I've spoken to a few kind of prospective students that said that's what's put them off but I would say the fourth year is really really good at just getting that extra bit of experience the first kind of three years you're predominantly kind of on the premises because it's taught at the Edinburgh Dental Institute like mostly mm-hmm. um but I mean within three months of first year we were treating our first patients so January of that first academic year that was it and I remember my first patient was a guy from the lab because they used to kind of get people from the hospital just to come and be our guinea pigs. So it wasn't like straight into like the general public. And it's the most scariest experience I think I've ever had. But then I'm so glad that from an early stage, that's what we were doing. Because mm-hmm. then you had kind of four years of working with the public and kind of as you progress through the years you go around different departments so we had kind of placements in the labs we had placements on pediatrics and oral surgery 
um it's amazing actually what you can go and see and then in our final year the fourth year you go on placement it's just a full year of placement kind of two days a week um ours at the time we're in Calden Beef and Glen Rothes. um so you just did that Monday and Friday and then you had your lectures kind of in between and mostly working on your dissertation but it's the experience that I think was absolutely like the most valuable thing. And even though it is a bit longer than some of the other courses that I know of, um, I think it really, really helps. And I think one person in my year went to do VT, but the rest of us felt confident enough to just go straight into work. Um, so that's that's one really great thing about the course. And it's such small numbers as well in Edinburgh. It's a 10 person intake. So you get pretty much one-on-one teaching and that's really really valuable like, I think tutors are amazing. Mm-hmm. I think that's quite um, across the board I think a lot of the dental schools that offer this course um, has a low intake so it is that sort of one-to-one teaching which I think is really invaluable. Yeah definitely because I know that there were times I would dissipations and that where we'd just be like knocking on like office doors in panic and you know that someone's like there to help you and I think having that just makes the experience so much better because you know you're not on your own Mm -hmm. and do you know that um do you know of any courses across the UK that offer a course that just does dental hygiene off the top of my head I don't know whereabouts I think they're down south but I know Mm -hmm. that they do do have them I want to say Essex but I'm not 100% sure um, but I think most of them were getting converted the last time I looked to do the hygiene and the therapy. But I know there are, there's, well, there has to be surely hygiene courses, but I'm not too sure. Yeah, um, I wasn't too sure either. Um, but I think, like you said, I think the majority of them are like the dual now, but you you can qualify to work as either, depending on what scope of practice you want to utilise. You mentioned that your degree in Edinburgh was four years. Um, yes. And it's the that's the longest course. So are the rest of them three years? Is that is that right? Yeah, I think they're predominantly three years. Um, from what I know, I think everyone I've spoken to says they're doing a three-year course rather than a four. Um, because like I said, I think that's why people said they've been put off because Edinburgh is slightly longer. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, I think it's that final year that just makes it and it's not like it's a final year fully just teaching it's more kind of clinical experience um, which is the, the really beneficial part I think. Yeah absolutely. So you said there that most courses are dual now um, but what made you choose to work as a dental therapist as opposed to a dental hygienist? So I actually work kind of as both um, and to be honest it's not personal choice I think a lot of it there's still a lot to do with dental therapists in my opinion um a lot of it which I've actually just written about is I think there needs to be slight changes in the way NHS dentistry is done um I don't think at the moment and that's personal opinion that we are being fully utilized in our full scope enough Um, And that's because at the moment we can't open our own course of treatment within the NHS. Now, if we were allowed to open this course of treatment ourselves, we could be helping this backlog. We could be doing everything that's within our scope of practice, which means 
it eases up things for the dentist to do and gives them more time to focus on bigger treatments, which is really important. Um, so I think that is a reason. It's not just me. There are many of us that still aren't fully working as therapists um, because there just needs to be small tweaks in things. And this is going to be a yearly progression, I think, still to come. Um, but I want to work as a therapist just because I know how beneficial we are in practice and how beneficial we are to the practice to and it's all about just kind of devising up the treatment plans and making sure that everyone is doing everything from the same hymn sheet but I think it's a very much a team approach um that I really think we will all be kind of working on for the near future just so we know how to implement every individual doing what they do best. And I know so many practices which are working in this way already, and they, they work really, really well. Um, you just got to get everyone on board, I think, and realise the benefit of dental therapists. And I mean, there's still some people kind of out there that don't actually know the full scope of the therapist. And they're mm -hmm. actually quite surprised when you say, oh, well, actually, I can do X, Y, and Z. Like they, they never even like knew in the first place. So I think that's why I want to work as a dental therapist. But I do enjoy the hygienist point of view as well. Like I absolutely love doing periodontal treatment and oral health advice and stuff like that. Um, that so keeps it kind of mixed up. I mean, all of this information can be found like on the GDC website, like with the scope of practice and. It's just um, getting the word out there, I suppose, and like educating the profession a bit more on this side of things. Yeah, and I know like the BADT and the BSDHT work so hard um, to get this kind of more out there. And I know other companies are looking at ways where we can be implementing this kind of from a degree point of view, going around practices and how we educate teams on a bigger level. You mentioned a couple of abbreviations there, like the, was it the British Society of Dental, dental Hygienists yes. and Dental Therapists? Yes. And then you've got the British Association of Dental Therapy. Mm -hmm. And are you members of both of them? I am just a member of the BSDHT, um, just because I'm also an ambassador and elected council member for them. Um, and to be honest, they do so much for therapists as well as hygienists. Uh, it's just a body I've always been part of as a student. Um, the BADT do amazing things as well, but I think I've just got very comfortable with the BSDHT. Um, but I, I know both organisations are absolutely wonderful and the amount of things they do for us, um, it's just unbelievable, especially with everything that happened with COVID, the support and the toolkits they made just to help people and the guidance that's been available it's just if anything I can say is you should be a member whether you're a student or a kind of professional mm -hmm. definitely it's just nice to have that support there isn't it so you mentioned um, like tooth whitening and like facial aesthetics and things like that what are the restrictions associated with that if you do go on to qualify in those so with teeth whitening um at the moment we still need a prescription from the dentist um or need a dentist on the premises when like first appointments going ahead so that is another thing that kind of I know people are wanting to change maybe it'll be a point in the future because then it means under direct access we could be allowed just to go ahead and provide that as well 
at the moment, having this kind of prescription from a dentist just means that we still kind of need them on board. With facial aesthetics, um, I'm not too kind of knowledgeable about that point of view. I think it's the fillers that we don't need a prescription kind of from a dentist, but I think with Botox, we do. Um, I could be wrong, but I know there are so many professionals kind of going down this avenue now. I think the biggest one is the prescription side of things. Mm-hmm. I know at the moment, the BSDHT and the BADT kind of started the exemptions process. Um, exemptions will mean that hygienists and dental therapists won't have to kind of always have a prescription for some things like kind of Durafat, local anaesthetic. Um, there's a list. And this means that A, treatment will be easier because we won't have to keep going backwards and forwards and asking for a prescription. You can do treatment straight away, say, if you needed just to give an infiltration or something like that. And the kind of public kind of consultation um, went live. So we're waiting for that to kind of now progress and see what happens. But I think that's just the start. As soon as we're able kind of to do these small steps, maybe it will lead on to kind of other bigger steps for us. And it it would be great to see because I think, especially with teeth whitening, that is a barrier for some people that I've spoken to and kind of ease of treatment. Yeah, definitely. I think that's really important. It goes back to the point about utilising all members of the dental team. So being able to have your dental hygienist and your dental therapist be able to take on additional responsibilities and not need to run things past the dentist as much will just be a lot more efficient in terms of patient care. And you mentioned direct access there. Could you just explain that a little um, and where we are with direct access just now? Direct access was passed quite a few years ago now. I don't know the well the exact date off the top of my head. Um, and it just means that someone can come into the practice and see both a dental hygienist or a dental therapist without needing to see kind of the dentist first. And we just treat patients within our kind of scope of practice. But the problem then is with direct access, if there's something without us within our scope that we come across, we then have to refer back to the dentist and other things kind of like radiographs or if we want to do like like local anesthetic, we have to still get that prescription. Um, but direct access works so, so well. I have many direct access patients just book in, especially for kind of hygiene services. Um, where they just can book in straight away and they can be seen. They don't need to be seen by the dentist. And that just increases access to care um, a lot more. And it means also that really, in a way, you can educate patients more on what your role is in the dental team um, because they haven't seen anyone else. So it's quite nice to just have that rapport with patients sometimes. And I have that with quite a few of mine um, where they just feel comfortable seeing me. and. Obviously, if we spot anything, because um, we're trained in seeing things with, out of our scope of practice, we can just pass it on to the dentist or advise the patient to just go back to seeing their normal dentist if they're not registered at the practice. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And would you, like you've said that you do enjoy that aspect of it, and would you sort of recommend or encourage people to go along that route? Yeah, I think if you're struggling to get kind of um, a dental hygienist appointment at the moment or 
you see your dentist kind of for hygiene appointments. I would recommend everyone, to be honest, I always recommend anyone to see a dental hygienist anyway. Um, we're picking up more on cases with oral cancer. It's health screening, especially with now potential links between oral health problems and COVID. I think a lot of people are waking up and realizing that actually having kind of a good, clean kind of oral cavity um, means a lot more kind of benefits for your overall health. And I think that dentists have too much other things to be getting <laughs> on with, really. Um, in terms of bigger treatment so why not just have like us there doing what we do best educating people um, on oral health and oral health education and I think that's what makes it so great about direct access is you can sometimes just stop and take the time to really explain it to people um, and I know especially with a lot of my patients that I've seen like it encourages them more and more to just come back and be seen regularly and they understand the importance because we've had the time to explain it. Uh, so I think, yeah, I, I recommend anyone to go to get like their teeth done by a dental hygienist. I think it's so beneficial. So there's benefits to patients, um, not only to patients, but to the profession as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, what do you enjoy most about your role within the dental team? So I would say it's just making a difference to patients. I know I've had many patients kind of over the years who've had really bad like periodontal kind of disease and problems, but just being able to take back everything they know and kind of change it up and give them the advice and make sure they understand the benefits of treatment plans that I've given them. And then they get to see the, the results themselves when things have worked always amazes me how patients are then amazed that my advice works and I'm like <laughs> I do know what I'm talking about um but that just it really gives me something back as a professional that they've gone away they've listened to me they've done everything I've told them to do and uh, I get some of my patients to bring everything that they've bought in with them to their appointments and I can then see that they're actually doing things properly and just taking the time to get to know these people, like some of them have great stories and it's stories you, I don't think many people would hear <laughs> just in kind of everyday life. So I, I like getting to know people really well as well and them getting to know me. I think that's like, like there's such a nice thing about dentistry is because you're seeing some, seeing the patients so regular, you are building that rapport and you're actually building that sort of like patient professional relationship and getting to know your patients so well. And it is, it is so rewarding. I can completely agree with that. And for you, what is the hardest and most challenging part about being a dental therapist? Um, at the moment, I would say it's the most challenging part I've ever had to deal with, um, with PPE, these, the new masks, the fallow time. Everything is a headache and I think everyone's just about ready to get back to normal because it just means that everything we do is really difficult at the moment and you can't potentially prioritise kind of using an AGP. You can't just pick it up like you used to be. Um, the way like we're working in some of my practices, you have to plan these things in advance, whereas before we didn't have to plan in advance or work around it and that's what makes it really really tough and challenging and that it's been one of the hardest things I think I've had to like go through in my career so far um because obviously it's not 
it's not the normal like you're not taught like that and it's literally been like running as we're learning like through this there's been no time to actually like deal with everything that's been happening so it's it's been tough it is tough and I'm hoping there is a light at the end of the tunnel but uh maybe not for a while still mm-hmm. yeah um, so you've mentioned that you've got involvement with like the British Society of Dental Hygiene Therapy and you're an, ambas- an ambassador for that and things. What other things are you involved with? How long have you got? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, my, my biggest ones are definitely the BSDHP. I was a student kind of ambassador when I was at university and I was very involved with the Scottish kind of regional group as well. Mm-hmm. And I say to any student possible, make sure you are a member of the BSDHT because A, it's free membership. And B, you are making contact for kind of the rest of your life. So my current boss I met because I was on like the Scottish committee when I was a student. So you are building kind of these contacts from the go. And it's also a really, really good way to meet other people from around the UK and know what's going on in your profession. Um, because it's really, really important, I think, to just keep in touch with what's going on, what changes are going to be implemented and things like this. Um, so, yeah, I'm very involved with BSDHT um, and all they do. I'm very involved at the moment with Curaprox um, because they are helping support me with my oral health kind of approach I'll call it um so that's been really great because they're a very kind of prevention focused company um as a whole so I'm actually doing a webinar with them in two weeks um I've been doing things I write a lot of articles I write for dentistry online I write for dentistry online's kind of other publications as well like oral health um I'm just kind of everywhere at the moment (laughs) Um, but I enjoy it. I enjoy being able to give things back and use my knowledge to help other people, really. Um, it's really, really important. And how did you get into like having these opportunities like for publishing and writing and things? So I think it was because of the BSDHT. So I wrote articles for their dental health magazine when I was a student. Um, and that was very, very frequent. And then I think people read them kind of broadly because I had a lot of feedback from lots of different people. And then I got asked to write for kind of one publication. And then once you start writing for one, um, it gets picked up. And that's when you kind of become frequent for them and people throw ideas at you and you throw ideas at them. So it, it's great. I really encourage anyone, if you've got something to write about, then just write about it. I think you make a great point that if you're given an opportunity, just seize it because you never know where it's going to end up. And there's so many within dentistry that you can be, end up doing things that you never thought that you would be doing. Like us I, with this yeah, podcast, exactly to be like honest. And, uh, like my biggest bit of advice is literally, like you say, grab every opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like I've done so many things like just voluntary off my own bat and it's time that yeah I've spent kind of in my evenings weekends working but if I hadn't done that I wouldn't have had the opportunities which are now coming my way with different like dental companies and especially like with Curaprox like I sat and I researched and I made something for kind of four months 
and I threw ideas around and I did so much work myself and it, it pays off because I've had meetings with so many people about it and you just have to grab everything you can because like you say you don't know where it's going to end up or lead you to. Yeah I totally agree with you and I've been hearing that you seizing these opportunities have led to multiple awards <laughs> that you've won. Um, could you tell us a little bit more about these awards? Yes, so um, I won Best Dental Therapist North um, at the Dentistry Awards last year and I won um, Highly Commended Dental, Newly Qualified Dental Therapist at the Oral Health Awards. Um, so yeah, I was shocked because, I mean, I'm just nearly three years qualified and I'm 25 and I've won two awards. That's amazing. Um, yeah, it's amazing. And I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's because like I'm, I was so humble and grateful for these awards I think it's really nice to just get recognition that everything I'm doing for the profession and everything I put in does pay off and that it's getting recognized for that because yeah I do a lot of clinical work but I, I do so much outside of clinic and with educating people and students and webinars and like I did so much last year in lockdown I'd say like I worked harder than ever um but it really helped so many people so I was really really pleased to win these awards and uh, if anything it just means we go up from here amazing achievements yeah. um and I think as well you highlight there that anybody going into a profession within dentistry and any member of the dental team the opportunities are endless. It's not just the clinical side. And I think a lot of people maybe don't consider that when they initially go in all these other options that are available. It's great that you've um, highlighted some of the things um, that you can go into. And I think as well, like one of the biggest things for me when I won these awards was showing students that it doesn't matter if you're recently qualified. Mm -hmm. Or if you've not got much experience, you can do anything if you really want mm -hmm. to do it. Like it's only yourself that actually limits these opportunities. You've just got to go for it. And if you put the work in, you're gonna get the results. Because I mean, a year ago, Emmy, my aura health approach wasn't even created. And a year on, like we're now on the second webinar, potentially like going even further with it. And that's all done by myself. So I think it, it's so possible. You just have to be willing to push yourself um, to the max. Not so much that you burn out, but you, you just have to put the work in. Yeah, it is getting that balance. But absolutely, I completely agree. It is all about um, pushing yourself, motivation, and you'll get where you want to be one day. So you talked a little about the EMA approach that you developed. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? ME stands for Educate, Motivate and Encourage. And I kind of created it because there's going to be a huge shift in focus, I think, on prevention and education with oral health. And I think we can all agree with patients, it's all about barriers and sometimes things that stop patients from actually progressing and getting on board with their own oral health as things going on kind of in the background or reasons we don't really know about. Um, so I was like, why don't we have kind of a oral health approach or kind of structure that we can implement as a team in practice to really help patients come on board with this once and for all to kind of bridge the gap between what we're doing at home to what we're doing in the practice. 
And that's why I created this kind of three-part approach, which looks at how patients can educate us more than we educate them using kind of behavior change tools that I've like looked into, how motivation kind of is classed under different categories and you have to tap into the motivation of the patient more than our motivation as well. And looking at how we encourage them from a practice point of view and how we still do this when they're at home. So it's a really, I wouldn't say it's a simple structure, but it is a simplified way on how we can deliver oral health education and kind of promote it in practice. Because I mean, I talk about you get the whole team kind of on board with it and you can have referrals to kind of the ME program where dentists are taking hold of the kind of encouraging part, kind of six month recalls and you've got hygienists and therapists like helping with the motivation and nurses helping with like the educational point of view like it doesn't just have to be within one clinician and I think if there's more focus on this and having more time to cover these things patients might actually realize how important it is their part at home rather than what we do in practice because I mean how many times patients come in and say oh yeah I've got this build up because it's been a while and I'm like it's not because it's been a while it's because you're not doing these things at home (laughs) so it's putting kind of the power back on the patients to just take ownership of their oral health and I think it's a really interesting kind of structure and I'm really hoping to kind of make it into some courses and just go large with it really because I think people who've kind of seen my first webinar and heard about it read my articles really think it's kind of touching on something that is needed yeah absolutely and I think it sounds like a great plan um because as you say patients seeing you is only one small drop in the ocean and most of the time what they can do to help themselves is by helping themselves at home and having ways in which to motivate them to do that and want to do that for themselves it's great. Yeah, I've read yeah. some of your articles and things, and I'm quite excited for it to come out and to see how to implement it in practice as well. It's a massive achievement. Um, you should be really proud. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. So you sort of mentioned that you you're sort of like a great advocate for dental student um, sort of students going into the profession. And um, have you got any advice for those that are thinking of entering into the profession? I would say obviously work experience is one mm-hmm. thing um but obviously with covid and having restrictions with that at the moment my biggest experience would be go on instagram and just reach out to dental professionals in every setting so like dentists dental therapists hygienists and ask them questions and actually just say look like I'm interested I can't get experience and just speak to people and learn about kind of what's going on I mean I offered I think a few weeks ago it was a Monday where people if they wanted to kind of have some information about working they could just call me and I did have like quite a few conversations with prospective students so people are willing to take the time to do it um and also reading up on the profession like dentistry online is amazing because it's all free there's articles every single day written by people in our field about topics happening kind of every single day um so I think that's a really good platform as well and just utilizing things like the BDA website the BSDHT website 
um, just to know what's going on because I think as much as we can't have practical work experience you can learn a lot online and even watching videos like there's so many kind of dental videos that people are doing on YouTube now um so just like tap into those I think and they're just as good as being in practice yeah absolutely I think that's great advice um just to make the most of what's online these days yeah it's all about getting that understanding of the profession that you're going into I think it's easier with different professions to maybe know a lot of what you're going to be getting yourself involved with and with dentistry it's about doing your research a little bit to find out what the roles are like whether it be dental hygiene therapy dentistry itself any role within the profession just so that you know and you make an educated decision about coming into the profession and like if anything it's even better because you've got clinicians who work solely in private practice you've got people in mixed practice you've got people in nhs so sometimes on work experience you can just end up say like i was in just an nhs practice so i didn't see kind of what goes on in a private practice so you've actually got a lot more insight into these things um maybe than just seeing one point of view you're actually getting to see hundreds of points of view um and I know people do kind of Instagram lives, people are doing virtual work experience. So every everyone's just going online, I think. And like I said, you just got to tap into it. Yeah, it just goes back to what yeah, what you were saying that if you really want it, you'll sort of push yourself to get there. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I think we've sort of learned a lot about what a dental hygienist is, what a dental therapist is, and the roles within the dental team. Um, but also loads of opportunities that comes along with those roles um in dentistry and thank you so much for joining us today amber it's okay thank you very much for having me and letting me ramble on very welcome if anyone wants to talk to me or follow anything up my instagram is at the edinburgh underscore hygiene therapist so you can find me on instagram on that and we'll also link amber in this episode as well on instagram so you guys can find her easily we are really enjoying making these episodes and we hope you have found them interesting and learned a little more about dentistry and you can follow us on instagram at dental underscore appointment to keep up to date with us until our next episode Bye. Bye.